talking today about the hope that comes with Christmas. And I really believe this. I believe every person deep down inside of them has a desire for hope. Now, we have a desire for something that we can hang on to that is going to lift us up. Because, because we live in a world where there, there's just a lot of darkness. And there's a lot of us, as we go through life and we have experiences in life, there are things that just, that just wear us out, that wear us down. And, and before long, we're just looking for something that's going to build us up. And that is one of the great things that we're going to be looking at today in our passage of Scripture. One of the great things about Christmas is that Christmas brings to us hope. It brings to us the possibility of joy, you know, the possibility of restoration, the possibility of, of restored relationships. And so this month, it is, it is Advent season for us. Now, I don't know how many of you grew up celebrating the tradition of Advent. How many of y'all did where you, you celebrated Advent? That's just a part of your worship. Okay, so, so there's, there's quite a few of you that have. Now, that was not a part of my tradition. I did not grow up celebrating Advent. That is my mom and dad's fault. And so they are back here, and so we condemn you for that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so I just, I didn't, I didn't know much about Advent. And so a couple of years ago, we had uh, one of our, our children's coordinator, Amy Pellucci, she grew up celebrating Advent, and she said, we really, we ought to do this, celebrate Advent. So I was like, well, you know, I've heard of it, I, you know, I've heard of it before, but I really don't know, I just know you associate it with Christmas, I don't know really what it is. And so Amy gave me a background, some background information on it. Advent comes from a Latin word, which means, it means expectation, an expectation of a coming. And so what was going on, well, the reason why we call the Christmas season Advent is that the Jewish people were, were looking forward, they were expecting a Messiah to enter into their world that was going to change everything about them. You have to remember, so many, uh, so for so many years of the Jewish people, they were, they were under persecution. They, they were looking for a great deliverer. Well, that's why this passage of Scripture, remember I said that this was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the people were looking forward to a Savior, and it happened. And so Christmas is the fulfillment of this hope that the people had, that the Savior was going to come. They might say, well, if the Savior's already come, does that mean we don't have any hope today? Well, no, we just have a different kind of hope. The Savior has come once, but our hope today is we are now looking forward to the return of Jesus when Jesus is going to come back and take his people to be with him in heaven. And, and so Christmas is a reminder to us that Jesus does not forget his people. He has not forgotten about you, and he provides us with hope. And so that's why we're looking in Isaiah chapter 7 today, verse number 14. And I just want to give you a little bit of background information about, about what's going on in these couple of verses that we're going to look at today. Uh, during this time, there, was, uh, there were two kingdoms that now make up the nation of Israel. There was the kingdom of Israel, and there was the kingdom of Judah. Now, this passage of Scripture was specifically given towards the kingdom of Judah. And there was a man there who was the king. His name was Ahaz. And his people, were they, they were getting ready to go into war, go into battle against the kingdom of Israel. 
which was, you know, that was their, uh, their, their brother tribes that were north of them, and then also the kingdom of Aram, which is where modern-day Syria is. So they were going to attack them. They wanted to take control of them. And so as you can imagine, because it's two against one, the people were scared, they were nervous, they didn't they really have any hope. They just saw defeat in front of them. And we see this in Isaiah 7, 2. It says that their hearts trembled like the trees of the forest shaken by the wind. They were scared. They didn't have any hope. But when you get to Isaiah 7, 14, God said, I'm going to give you hope. He said, I'm going to give you promise. I'm going to give you a deliverer, and you can trust in me, and everything's going to be okay. Now, now my guess is that there are some of us who feel like the people of Judah in Isaiah 7, 2. Maybe you're like them and that you feel like you've been shaken like the trees in the forest. And there's some things that are occurring in your life right now that have caused you to lose hope. And, and in all honesty, for a lot of us, it, it, just, it doesn't take a whole lot for us to end up losing hope in some certain things in life. But today, my hope is that when you leave here, that you're going to discover that God has given you a promise, and He has given you a promise of hope that is still good for today. And we say, what what kind of hope has He given me? How does God offer us hope today? He gave the people of Israel hope. Does He give me hope today? Absolutely. And today we're going to see one of the ways that God offers us hope is He offers us hope in that He gives us a sign. Now, if you're a person who says, hey, I, I want to know that I can have hope, but I would like to see a sign of that hope that God has given me. Well, here's the good news. God has given you a sign of hope. And, and we see it in verse number 14. Again, 700 years before the birth of Jesus. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. What is it? The virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Now, at this point, it is obvious to see that King Ahaz and the kingdom of Judah, they, they didn't have a whole lot of hope here. They're getting ready to get attacked by, by two different nations, and so they're, they're frantic, they're nervous, their hearts are shaken like the trees and the wind. And so God sees this. And so God says, I'm going to send you hope. I'm going to give you a sign that I'm going to take care of you and everything is going to be all right. And so God gave them a sign. But what's interesting to see is that Ahaz didn't really pay attention to the sign as time went on. Ahaz, he said, thanks God for the sign, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to kind of trust in myself more. And so what he did is he began to look, say, i got two nations coming after me. I'm going to find the biggest, meanest, baddest nation around to help us out we can make an alliance with. And so he went to a kingdom, the kingdom of Assyria, and said, we need your help. And the kingdom of Assyria said, we'd be glad to do it. They were, they were like a world superpower at this time. And so they came and they helped the people of Judah. And, and on the surface, it, it worked out pretty well. God protected, or the Assyria protected the people of Judah for a period of time. But the mistake that was made was that Ahaz avoided or ignored the sign. God said, I'll take care of you. But instead of listening to God, he listened to the voice of man and it got him into trouble. 
And Isaiah prophesied about this in verse number 17. It says, The Lord will bring on you and your people and the house of your father such a time as never been seen since Ephraim separated from Judah. He said, The king of Assyria is coming. Now, the king of Assyria helped out the nation of Judah for a while. But then there came a day when the kingdom of Assyria came for Judah. And they weren't coming in order to bring them gifts and say, hey, let's have a party. They were coming in order to destroy them. And that's exactly what they did. Now, guys, whenever God created us, he did not say, hey, guys, good luck. I hope you make it on your own. And then just leave us alone. God doesn't do that. God is intricately involved in your lives. And he was in the lives of the people of Judah. That's why in verse number 14 it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, that that shows us that God desired to be involved in the lives of his people. That he wanted to know them. But they didn't listen. And I think sometimes we do the same thing. God says, I give you a sign that I'm with you, and yet we don't pay attention and we don't listen. Therefore, we miss out on the blessings and we pay consequences. You know, whenever I was reading through this, I, I thought of a movie I had seen a number of years ago when there was a guy that was given, he he said, God, just give me a sign. And over and over again, God gives him signs, and he just he just doesn't see him. He's not paying attention. Now this is from uh, the. This we're just going to show you a little clip about a minute and a half long. It's from the movie Bruce Almighty. Now I'm not saying this is a theological movie that you need to go see, but just this part made me think of God saying, "I'm giving you a sign," and we just refuse to see it. So you can you can watch it now. Okay, God, you want me to talk to you? Tell me back. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. Please send me a sign. Oh, what's this Joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try it your way. All right. Lord, I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please. Reach into my life.
Sorry, don't know you. Wouldn't call you if I did. All right, so just an example. God, we want a sign, and he gives signs, and we ignore them, and we pay the consequences. Now, that's what was going to happen to the nation of Judah. God said, I'm going to send you a sign. Everything's going to be okay. And then they tried to take everything into their own hands. Now, just because Ahaz was like this does not mean we have to do the same thing. God has sent us a sign. Now, now what is the sign that he sent us? Well, it happened a couple of thousand years ago. It's the very first, the very first Christmas. He said, I will send my son. Now, God offers us hope by giving us a sign, but the second thing I want you to see is God gives us hope by, or offers us hope by giving us a sign that is for all people. Now, if you look again in verse number, uh, verse number 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Now, the word you in verse number 14 where it says God will give you a sign, that word you, it is plural. It means that this was not just a promise for King Ahaz. He said, I am giving a sign of my son coming for all people. It is for all of you. Now, we're going to talk a little bit more about the birth of Jesus in a moment, but just to let you know that the birth of the Messiah had been prophesied about. For years and years. Matter of fact, there's over 300 prophecies about the coming Messiah in the Bible. In Genesis 49.10, it's prophesied, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh comes, and to him shall be the obedience of all the peoples. Now you might look at that and say, well, what does that mean? Well, it starts off by saying, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. And that word scepter, it is in reference to a ruler. And we're told that ruler will come from Judah. Now guess where Jesus came from. Guess what tribe he was from. He was from the tribe of Judah. And then when Jesus came to earth, guess who he came for? He came for all people. Not just a few. He came for all. Jesus said in John three sixteen and 17, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Isn't that amazing? That whenever God gave a promise, it was for all people. And when the first Christmas came, He had you in mind. Because He understood that all people need hope. And the gift was for us all. Now, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, we know a lot of it's, it's about gifts and getting gifts. And, you know, I mean, whenever you buy gifts, who do you get gifts for? I mean, you get gifts for, you know, your friends and your family, your children, uh, your spouses. But it sort of ends there. You know, I mean, you don't go beyond that typically because you just start, start running out of money. And, you know, and after a while, you're like, there's diminishing returns. If I give a gift to everybody, they don't know who I am, and I'm not getting anything back anyway. But whenever I look in Scripture, when God gave gifts, He gave them to everyone. Now, can you imagine celebrating Christmas and that you said, we are going to give a gift to every person in this room. Now, I'm all for that, except for me giving. I'd like to receive. But, you know, that we would say, there is no way we could pull that off. We'd struggle to do that. And yet God did it. 
Now, I saw a, a story about a, a lady. She wanted to get some gifts for her really close friend. She had about 15 of them, and but just time got away from her. She didn't have time to go out and get them gifts. And as Christmas was approaching, she ran to the drugstore and said, I'm just going to get some Christmas cards. I'm going to say Merry Christmas and mail them off to her. Uh, to them, and so she found some cards. They had pretty, you know, pretty little picture on the front, and she just signed all of them. Said Merry Christmas, hope you have a happy New Year, and mailed them out. Well, she had a few cards left over, and as the New Year came, she picked one of them up. She opened it up, and when she read the inside of the card, it scared her because it said, "This Christmas card is just to say a little gift is on its way." Now uh, she was a little bit nervous because now she had to buy everybody a gift. Now, here's what's interesting to me. You are going to get a gift this year from God. Now, you may not have known that you were on God's Christmas list, but you are. He has given you the gift already. It is the gift of Jesus. And so the question is, have we opened up that gift yet? Because it is a gift that brings hope. Now, God offers us hope by giving us a sign. He, he offers us hope by giving us a sign for all people. He offers us hope by giving us a sign that is a miracle. Again, verse number 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Now you might think, well, why would a sign that's from God that gives us hope, why would that be miraculous? Well, it had to be miraculous because it was going to be a sign that was for all people. And if it's a sign for all people, then it means that it must be a sign that is going to get the attention of all people. Now, what kind of a sign could God give that would get the attention of all people? Well, again, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, here's what was going to get the attention of all people. This child that's going to be born, he's going to be a savior, but he is going to be born of a virgin. Hey, oh, that's, that's a miracle. And that miracle is fulfilled 700 years later. Matthew 1, 22 and 23 said, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, when that miracle occurred, the people recognize it. You know, with, with CNN there, with their cameras, Right there in Bethlehem when Jesus was born. Were there reporters inside of the manger saying, can you believe this miracle? No, there, there was none of that. As a matter of fact, there was a Christian writer named Ken Gear. He wrote, where you would have expected angels, there were only flies. Where you would have expected heads of state, there were only donkeys, a few haltered cows, a nervous ball of sheep, a tethered camel, and a furtive, a furtive scurry of barn mice. Now, now here's... Here's my hope for you and for me that you don't get so busy like they did on the first Christmas that you miss out on the miracle of Christmas. It's a miracle to think that God would leave his space to enter into our world where there is brokenness and pain so that he could give us hope. And he's done that, but the question is, have we heard it? Are we paying attention? A famous Broadway producer named Jed Harris, he thought he was losing his hearing, and so he went to one of his friends who was a doctor. He said, man, I, don't, I think I'm losing my hearing. I'd like for you to check it out. And so they were talking, and so Harris had a watch on, and he said, uh, he said, can you hear my watch ticking? 
And uh, Harris, I think, yeah, I can hear it. So he, he stood up and he walked to the door. He said, can you, can you hear it ticking now? And he said, yeah. And so then he, he went out in the hallway and he kind of leaned around the corner and said, can you hear my watch ticking now? And he sat there and he said, yeah, I can hear it. And so then the doctor came in. He sat down next to Harris and he said, Jed, let me tell you something. He said, you don't have a problem with your hearing. You have a problem with your listening. Now, now today there are some of us who have a real problem with our listening. God's sign to us is very evident. He has sent a son for you. But the question is, are you listening? See, see, God offers us hope. He did it by giving us a sign, by giving us a sign for all people, by giving us a sign that is miraculous. And then here's the last thing. God, God offers us hope, and he offered us hope by, by giving us a child. And again, in verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. Now, God's sign of hope was very specific. He said, the sign that's going to come to you, it's going to be a child that is born. It's going to be born of a virgin. Never happened before. It has never happened since. He said, his name is going to be Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel, it means God with us. So what's so significant about that? Well, that was not Jesus' proper name. It was an attribute that he has. Saying the sign is going to be God in flesh. He has come for you. Uh, John 1.1, speaking of Jesus, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this sign, he is divine. But he also has a human aspect as well. Jesus came here in flesh. And he did that in order to identify with us. Because, you know, because he came in flesh, he knows what it's like to be a person. He knows what it's like to experience joy. He knows what it's like to hurt and to experience suffering. He is God. He is also man. And he came here for us. The New York Yankees announcer Phil Rizzuto was talking to Joe Torre whenever he was the manager of the Yankees, you know, during their heyday in the 90s and early 2000s. And he said, uh, Joe, he said, I, I think that you ought to manage games from the press box. Now, when you're in the press box, you, you can see everything. It's easy to make decisions. And Torre thought about it for a moment, and he said, yeah, but I want to stay on the field so I can see their eyes. Now, why did God enter into our world? Why did Jesus come to our earth? I think it's pretty simple. Because Jesus wants to look into our eyes. He wants to see us where we are. He wants us to know that he understands us. Now, King Ahaz didn't understand that, but it was a prophecy that was for all people so that God could be with all of his people for all time. God said... To give you hope, I will send you a child, and that child will change your life. Now, that that shouldn't be that difficult for us to understand. If you are a parent, do you remember when your children were babies? And I know you do. Now, if you remember that, now let me ask you a question. When you had that baby, did it change your life any? Did it change your life? Did it change the way you sleep? Did it change the way you spend your money? That changed the way you act, the way that you live. I guarantee you it did. 
And so I, I believe God knew exactly what he was doing. He's like, you know, if I really want to change a person's life, what, how can I do that? Let me tell you, a great way to do it, send them a kid. That'll change his life. God sent a baby to you 2,000 years ago. So here's the question. Is your life different because of this baby? Has Jesus affected your work? Has he affected your schedule? Has he affected your home? Has he affected your life? Has he influenced your attitude, your love, your giving, your service? Because today we've seen that God, he provided us hope on the very first Christmas. How did he do it? He did it by giving us the sign, the sign of the birth of his son. It's a sign for all people. That sign was a miracle. And that sign came to us through a child. Now, maybe you, you look at yourself today and you examine yourself and maybe you think, you know what, whenever I examine myself, I don't, I don't have any hope. And I'm tired. I'm worn out. And I don't see any promises. But you have a promise. It is the hope of Jesus. It is the hope of forgiveness. It is the hope of eternal life. It is the hope that He will take care of all things. And if you would like to know that hope, it comes in giving yourself to the Son who came for you. And so I'd just like to close out the service in this way. We can bow our heads and close our eyes. And it could be some of you today say, you know what, I, I need hope today. I need forgiveness. I, I need a new way to live. It's, it's not going to come through you. It's going to come through the one who came for you. And so just where you're seated, if you, you are, are saying, I, I am ready for that hope, you just pray this prayer for me. Just simply say, Jesus, I, I, I am a sinful person, and I need to be restored. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Lord, give me hope in you. And today I am trusting that you lived and that you died and that you rose from the grave and I am asking you to save me. Now if you pray that prayer or something like it, I, I just want to encourage you, you can take your bulletin, you take it out now, you open it up, you fill out that contact form, check that line that says, I commit my life to Christ today, then you tear that out and you put that in the basket as you leave today, ours will be holding it and we can get you some information in the mail about how to grow in a walk with Christ. Now, others of you, I, I want to encourage you to do something. I want to encourage you to pray right now for the person that's on your left. And you may know them, you may not, doesn't matter. But I'll just encourage you to pray for them and ask God to make this a special Christmas for them. Pray that God will touch their heart in the days ahead. Pray that that person on your left, that God would provide them with peace and joy. That He would give them hope. And then after you do that, you pray the same thing for the person on your right.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for the hope of Christmas. Lord, I pray that we will live with, with joy and confidence and peace because you love us enough, you have loved us enough to enter into our world to bridge the gap that, that stands between us and you. Lord, may we truly celebrate promise of your coming, the first one, and Lord, the promise of your second coming, and I pray this in Christ's name.